Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Please Nerf. Uh, with me today as always is Austin. Say hi Austin. Hi. Thank you. Uh, and also Taylor. Say hi Taylor. Hi Taylor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so today episode 8 we are talking about best storytelling in a video game that you've ever experienced. Uh, pretty pretty self-explanatory. You can be kind of free flowy um, and we're just we're just going to hop right in. Um, I have one that I think everyone that knows me will already know. So I'm going to save mine, at least not go first. So, uh, Austin, do you have a, a suggestion for the best storytelling in a video game you've ever had? The best storytelling? Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. It doesn't man, have to be oh, the man. best, but a, a game you would consider like, one of the best. Like stories that I've like enjoyed. Like I think the best one of the best stories that I've like really like enjoyed and like just loved playing the game for it was uh dragon age inquisition actually Ooh. it is by far one of my favorite games um oh, I've, I've logged like i've pl i think i have like maybe six different characters and like i think i've done like 100 hours plus on like both xbox and pc because i beat it <laughs> twice maybe actually i think i beat it four times but um yeah no the the story in that game is just amazing like I went into it like I haven't had, I hadn't played that Dragon Age in like a long time and this is like a year ago but um I don't I haven't played since the first Dragon Age and um I went into it and I'm like oh this is sick like the the art style and just like the combat in it is really fun and like you can change it up like you can be like strategic um like you can actually go into like a, this um it feels like a chess mode kind of not chess mode but like you go up and then you're just controlling the battle that way rather than like on your character and it's kind of cool but um the story there's like this point where you're like you're building up and like it's like oh yeah you're going for the like this is the battle this is it you know blah 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 and like you're you're getting into it and I'm like, dang, like, I didn't want to, like, finish this mission because I'm like, dang, this is so fast. Like, I feel like I haven't even played this game yet. And uh, I really thought that this was the final mission, so I go into it. And then, like, this, this shit goes down. And I was just like, what the fuck? And then you end up somewhere else, and they're like, yeah, dude, you're actually, like, a badass. And then you're, they're like, oh, here, by the way you're the inquisitor so you're like the fucking ruler of this this whole thing and then they're like yeah go fuck some other shit up and then like the story goes on for like another f 40 hours it feels and it was just oh it's like the game doubles in size yeah it's just like it it's like eight hours worth of like story missions it feels to get to this one point and you're like wow is this really the end of the game like it feels like the end of the game when you first play it and then they just flip it on there they're like yep no just kidding here you go this is a motherfucking iceberg you got like all this other shit to do and then like on top of that each area like so there's like different maps and you can explore these maps and they're pretty big like and certain parts won't be um like explored or anything until like you do parts of the story so like or um one of the ways they tell the story is through the war table so like you're an inquisitor and you have like your war council and, like, there's this big table, and it shows the region, and it's split into, you know, the two factions or whatever, but, like, you'll go to one, and you'll be like, there'll be, like, these little, um, little markers on the table, and you can go send your war council, depending on what, like, you know, this person would be really good at, um, like, 
war stuff, like war tactics. This person's really good at politics. This one's really good at, like, you know, spy, you know, being a spy and stuff. And um, you'd tell, you'd kind of, like, tell a story through there, too, because, like, there's missions that, like, you'd never see the area, but, like, it would still give you, like, a good description of what happened and, like, all that stuff when they were there. And then you can, like, choose a path on which way to go. And then some, like, when you completed it, another one would open up based off of that. And so, like, there's a way to tell a story through there. And then on top of that, for each map zone, sometimes you, like, complete this mission. That would be like, oh, hey, rebuild the bridge, right? And you'd go back to the area, and then the build or the bridge that you've been, like, you couldn't cross before because it was, like, broken has been rebuilt. And then you can go to the next area and, like, continue the story on. It's the story in that game, like, each zone had its own story, and, like, it had its own side missions with their own little story, but, like, it all connected, and then the overarching story was just ridiculously good. Yeah, and then there's just, like, there was, like, a side mission in there to do some some really cool stuff, and, like, I don't know, it's just, I always thought that, um, like, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, the, you know, the sci-fi counterpart, were really good at telling, like, stories and honestly feeling making it feel like your your actions like actually had like a consequence like you know like world story and like especially like because the thing with like like yeah like really good world building because like from dragon age and then dragon age 2 like I, i never had like a save through origin when i first started playing so like i didn't get the chance to like have the actions from those two games affect dragon age so like i made a custom one um, one day, and then I uploaded it, and I played through Dragon Age Inquisition again, and, like, just the slight changes is really cool, because, like, you can, you can, like, uh, in the second game, you can choose whether the hero dies or something like that, and if you choose that, then obviously they can't be in Dragon Age Inquisition because they're dead, or you choose who the hero actually was, and, like, all that crazy stuff, and it's super cool, because, like, I'm really looking forward to the next Dragon Age because it means that, like, I put so much work into this story that it's, like, all the the actions that I made on the, the character that I want to keep the the story for gets to transfer over, and then, like, all of those things will affect maybe not, like, grand things, but really subtle things that really make it, like, feel like it's a whole world that you're building on. It's super good. Oof. Love me some Dragon Age. Yeah, this game, man. And then, like, on top of it, each each character, like, you have a party, right? I think we had eight, maybe, so you'd, it'd be, like, your personal character, and then three other characters would accompany you to each area. And, like, you could swap them out, and, like, each one had, like, their own build and, like, everything like that. But what was really cool is each of them had their own little story, too. And as you built up, like, friendships, you know, you, you would get to a point where it's like you could romance them you know or you like you could romance them and then that would be like a whole different thing you know so it's like a whole different story or you could get to the point where it's like you really are about to become their true friend because like they're like hey i really need help with this like can you help me figure it out and then there'd be like this little story for them and you'd go and do it for them and then they'd be like oh thank you and then no you're my best friend you know this it was great I love Dragon Age Inquisition. Talking about it makes you want to play the whole game again. <laughs> nice. Uh, Terry, do you have a specific game that you were thinking of? 
I got like 50, so I'll pick like my favorite one. Yeah, pick your favorite first, and we'll dive in a little more deeper afterwards. So it's it's a mix of two games because their stories are connected. Uh, but Portal and Half-Life are my absolute fucking favorite. Um, because the the connections they made between the games were very like subtle and they would hint at each other, but they never they never crossed. And it's great because it's like it's essentially two companies racing to invent teleportation. Um, and so from the viewpoint of like Portal, uh, they aperture laboratories after science, they ended up inventing the portal gun and they successfully created teleportation. Well, they also simultaneously made uh, AI, which ended up killing all of the scientists. So um, the technology was lost underground inside Aperture. Whereas in Half-Life, uh, their attempt to create teleportation ended up opening a portal to another world and flooded the world with um, an alien race called the Combine uh, that started killing everybody. So... <clears throat> It, it's funny to see uh, like the, the, the contrast between the two because they they make references to each other. So like in Portal um, 1, there's a reference at the in the credits to Black Mesa, which is the laboratories in Half-Life. And then in Half-Life 2, uh, you are tasked with a mission of finding the Borealis. And the Borealis is a boat from Portal that was uh, rumored to have had the Portal technology on the boat. And so in Half-Life 2, uh, they're searching for this technology. And so um, they're hunting for the Borealis. And it, it was crazy because they never actually implicitly said that the Borealis was part of Aperture. However, there's an Easter egg inside of Portal 2 where you can find the dock that the Borealis was built at. So that's wild. And I absolutely love that. And then uh, they decided, you know, to never continue the Half-Life story ever again. So that's kind of rough. But uh, when they created the co-op um, custom levels in Portal 2... They created uh, more story. So Cave Johnson, the CEO of, of Aperture, there's they created like a bunch of alternate realities where different things had happened. So in one of those uh, realities, Aperture Laboratories ended up purchasing Black Mesa and prevented them from opening the portal to a different dimension. Um they ended up renaming the company to, um, I think, Blapature instead of Aperture because <laughs> it's Bl Black Mesa. So, like, I just, I, I absolutely love the the connections that were found between Portal and Half-Life and their technologies. It's, oh, gosh, that stuff just gets me going. And it's a shame because Half-Life 3 will never be a thing. Or probably Portal 3. <laughs> It'll always live in our hearts. <clears throat> or Portal 3. Oh, man. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, there's... In Portal, there's a bunch of, like, twists and secrets that aren't implicitly, like, stated in the game. Mm -hmm. You have to, like, find the secrets, like, in the walls of the 
you know, the science uh, experiments and stuff like that. And uh, they ended up making a website where it it was just like a, it was a console. It was, it was essentially just like a command prompt. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were like, what the hell is this? And so people started digging around on the command prompt and like you could like explore like a file directory and they found like some notes about like Aperture or whatever. But there was this admin console and people didn't know how to get into the admin console. They didn't know what the password was. Well, in Portal 1, there's an Easter egg area where um, this man called Ratman uh, survived the AI GLaDOS from killing everybody. So he was the only one who survived. And he ended up writing his username and password on the wall. And if you plugged in that username and password into the console on the website, uh, it was a teaser for uh, Portal 2. And so the entire, all, all of their games are just riddled with fun little Easter eggs that like tease or allure to more of the story that is just happening behind the scenes. And I, I love when a game kind of like, it doesn't force feed the overall backstory to you. Instead, it's like, oh, you want to know more? Well, go find it. <laughs> God, I love that shit. <laughs> I think it's uh, it, it, it's a, a special talent for a team to be able to make a um, like a, a driven story in a game like Portal, because at its core, Portal's a, a puzzle game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like when you think of normal puzzle games, you don't really think of story. Not to that extent, though. It's kind of crazy how... I don't want to say how old Portal is, because it's not that old in terms of game. But, like, how the story of Portal has still stuck so much. And I think it's because they did cool things like that, like tying it in Half-Life. Oh, man. I, I, I also just love crossovers. Like, if if a game has a crossover with another game, I just find it the coolest thing in the world. For sure, for sure. A crossover that makes sense. There's, like, lore-focused yeah, no, definitely. It it when they just cross over just to cross over, it's a little like okay, I guess that's cool. Yeah, because like in Monster Hunter, they had a a Witcher three crossover. Yeah, it was fun and it was cool, but it was like, eh. like how does that make sense? Like the two worlds are completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Final Fantasy. I love when like aspects of the different Final Fantasy games are seen in other Final Fantasy games. Speaking of Final Fantasy, um. How do you feel, Taylor? I'm not. Sh- I'm assuming you've played. Have you have you played every Final Fantasy almost? Uh, I have played every single Final Fantasy. How do you feel about Final Fantasy VII? Uh, so I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Seven is one of my least favorites. <laughs> really? Uh, not because of like, I don't know. It just Final Fantasy VII felt. Like, gameplay-wise, it felt clunky and, like, difficult to keep up with. The story is great. I, I, I truly enjoy the story and everything that goes on with 7. But I would much rather experience 7 through other means than the actual game itself. Interesting. I was kind of curious, because I know that 7 is typically one of the best story quote-unquote, that a lot of people say when it comes to Final Fantasy. Its story is amazing. Like, ungodly. That, oof, crazy. But to experience, like, the full story, you have to kind of trudge through the game itself. And I'm, 
in its time. It's more I'm sure like the the, game... the gameplay is an inhibitor on the story. It's like yeah, it doesn't really add to it, which honestly, you know. When seven came out, it's it it was like its gameplay, its graphics were the shit. Like it was nutty. Gotcha. But like nowadays, it's kind of rough. So that's why I'm really excited for that that seven remake that they're doing. Because I forgot they were doing that actually. It it it'll allow a lot of people to to finally like experience the story that is Final Fantasy seven. Yeah, hopefully that'll be better. And if and if anybody's ever looking for some good animation, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie <clears throat> is nutty. Some of the best animation. Awesome. Um, so before I dive into my favorite, um, I wanted to get. I don't know if Austin, if you've played the game or not, but I know Taylor drove me to play it a really long time ago. Uh, it's called Gone Home. Oh. <gasps> And uh, if you guys had any input onto Gone Home, I, f- I feel like that's also a really good story-driven game, especially since it's kind of just a, a walking simulator. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I know you have strong feelings about it, Taylor, so I wanted to, to open up some time for that. So I, I primarily like Gone Home. It's like a two-hour game, right? You can sit down and play that mm-hmm. game in like two hours. And the entire game is you're dropped in front of a house with no instructions you know it's not even it doesn't even tell you how to like interact with shit you just you're just dropped in front of a house and it feels like a horror game at the beginning it is not a horror game it's just it's dark (laughs) uh and the entire the entire goal of the game is to just find out what's going on like nobody's home why what what what's happening and so you start picking up clues, you start reading shit, your character starts to like narrate stuff, and slowly this immense and very emotional story starts to unravel. Like it is it, it is wild, truly an experience. Like I recommend anybody who just loves storytelling to to play that game. It's like it's just like an interactive book, more or less. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that. Anyone who's into storytelling and games, even without lots of intense gameplay, Gone Home is, I, I would say, one of the best story story games. Stories in games. There we go. I can't words today. Yeah, oh my gosh, I... <laughs> you know, um, to, to, to feed off that, like, you know, as, like, mm-hmm. a, a smaller game, um, there was a game that I played, because, uh, like, Ashley downloaded it one day on her Xbox, and... Uh, I thought this game had, like, a really cool, uh, like, really intriguing story. It's like a puzzle game, but Little Nightmares. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Little Nightmares uh, is great. Like, that, like, the at the end, it just baff Like, going through that, you're like, what the heck? Like, you're really curious on what the heck's going on. And then, like, the end of the, the game, you're like, what the is happening? Like, yep. what is... It like it, it wants you want it to give you more. You're like, come on, just like I'm ready, and then it just kind of ends. But yeah, I remember uh, when Taylor was uh, still living in the apartment with uh, with me. We I think you either heard. I think you got it from Austin actually, um, and you were like, we're just gonna play this, and you popped it up on the big screen, and we all just sat on the couch the entire night while we played through it. Yep, <laughs> yep. Austin was, was like, yo, play this game. And I was like, fuck it, all right, we play in this game. <laughs> the game's intense. I had no idea what to expect going in, especially since I wasn't playing it. I was watching Taylor play it. 
Oh god, that game had me fucked up. Dude, I, I know when like they're you're in the what area is it? I think it's like the the cafeteria or whatever, mm-hmm. and like you're running, and then like they start grabbing at you. Yeah, the the artwork and everything is is also intense. Um, I think that's probably one of my favorite um, games that combines kind of the artwork with the story. Because um, like a lot of games are just basic, right? Especially in games where like they're side scrollers or you know things like that. The art doesn't really do a lot. Um, but with Little Nightmares, it was the art added to the story in a way that I haven't seen in a long time. Well, I just love yeah. those those silent games, like Little like Nightmares. Also fun. Inside, uh, <laughs> like it's just like the 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 ability to tell a story without having you know dialogue is yep crazy it also like makes you kind of get more involved with it yeah you you kind of immerse yourself because you're not really going you're not listening to things you have to like pay a little extra attention otherwise you miss a lot of stuff right yep um kind of segue back to gone home a game that i actually um liked a little bit more than gone home not necessarily storytelling wise but with the interactiveness because gone home is very much you know you just walk through you look for things um firewatch was a game that i got really into at the beginning and honestly one of my i'm gonna say top five stories in video of all time for me personally um so it's very similar to gone home in the sense of the gameplay is nothing major um it is a lot of walking you do a few things that you interact with or like move around and and all that but mostly it's uh it's just story driven um and it's a very big open world for the most part um you you're just solving some mysteries kind of puzzly i don't want to say it's a puzzle game per se because it's not um but you're just kind of progressing the story through minimal effort but the story is super worth it because of the emotion that's in the game um the intro to firewatch but uh is to me the equivalent of the intro to up from pixar oh and it 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 got me i i have not cried at very many video games i cried at firewatch goodness okay Um, hold on just uh just to feed off that cry part there's probably one game that i i think i've i've cried to like story-wise for and that is the new final fantasy because my god was that (laughs) some bullshit all right fuck that game don't even bring it up oh man great fucking story fuck that part Um, i don't want to spoil it you know obviously four dudes in a car is a killer game (laughs) yeah dude like like yeah bro trip it is they they a bro trip they wrote those characters so goddamn well that you like for parts of it you forget it's a video game. Like you start to get attached to the characters. Yeah, and then you're like you're like, dude, I'm just going fishing with my bros, man. And then like you catch that big fish, and they're like, <laughs> yo, and they're holding it with you, and you're like, oh man, fishing's the best part of that game. <clears throat> at me um, on Twitter. At. at <laughs> Um, so one more honorable mention from my side that I wanted to touch on because I recently replayed this game a couple, I would say a month and a half, two months ago. Uh, Dishonored 2. 
Not Dishonored 2. Also a great story. Um, but Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Oh. The Wolf Among Us. Ooh. Telltale um, game. Right? I do what? Telltale, huh? Yeah. So I don't normally like Telltale games. Um, I don't like. I especially don't like The Walking Dead. I'm sorry. I know that game has a lot of like places in a lot of people's hearts. I hate The Walking Dead Telltale version. But The Wolf Among Us is fucking amazing. Like, with capital fuck. Um, capital. First off, Fables as a comic book, my opinion, greatest comic book ever written. Um, the I, This is a game that I definitely don't want to spoil a lot. Um, but the basic premise is you have characters from fairy tales and like folklore and stuff that are real. Um, and um, most of them are hidden in Manhattan. Um, and it's in like the, the cell shaded comic book artwork. Um, and you play as a Bigby Wolf from, you know, Little Red Riding Hood and all of that. Um, and you're basically, you're a sheriff and you're investigating like grizzly murders, um, while also trying to keep the lid on the hidden characters. Um, it's super unpredictable. Oof. Had me guessing all the way to the end and highly recommend if you're into storytelling and simple games for the most part. Wolf Among Us is one of my favorites. I guess that also like leads to... I Because I, like, I like the way the, the Wolf Among Us plays. Same with like mm-hmm. other similar Telltales. So like uh, Heavy Rain... Yes, Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain was really good. And, um, oh, fuck, the horror one that we played. Uh, yeah. Oh, um. What the hell was that one called? On play, It was a PlayStation exclusive game, Until Dawn. Until Dawn. That's the one. Fuck that one. Great story, but fuck that one. Spook, yeah, that, spooky that was pretty shit. great. Or Layers of Fear. Layers of Fear was pretty good, too. I did that. that was spooky as shit. All storytelling masterpieces. For sure, for sure. All right, Eric. What's, yeah, no. Uh, what's up? What's your What's your banger of a story? If you had to take a guess, what do you think? <laughs> Last of Us. Exactly. God damn. Wow. Dang, I'm so good, dude. It's okay, like I hear knew. me out, though. Right. The The reason that I like The Last of Us so much, it's been years, right? It's but, been years. The, the point of The Last of Us that I think a lot of people don't understand is that it's a very streamlined general story about a man trying to save the world, but it does it in a very different way. So obviously early on, it's it's very much um, the same old shit, different, different day. Um, he he loses light. He he loses someone that means a lot to him, and then you think it's gonna be this. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, you know, he's gonna get redemption and all this. But in reality, um, he's kind of more of an anti-hero, um, obviously in the beginning, and then at some point you realize this man is emotionally stunted, and instead of watching someone who's going to have this bright flowering of a welcome healthy emotional inner life you watch the emergence of a literal psychopath and there's a point in the game specifically where uh obviously you lose your daughter at the beginning but his brother shows you a photograph and it's of your daughter and he rejects it 
And to me, that's like the, the most important moment of that entire game, because most of the story writers would have forced you to watch the, your hero take it and see him stumbling around at some point in the future. And you were just, you know, that's going to be like a driving point in the story. And although he takes it later on, the fact that he rejects it and his determination to subvert the roles of being a protagonist is just like my favorite thing ever. Um, specifically when you get towards the end and I'm sorry spoilers but it's it's like 10 years you're fine um, when you realize that the girl that you've been traveling along with is going to die but if she does die you save the world um, the fact that you literally go crazy and kill fucking everything like it's a Quentin Tarantino film at the end specifically to save her instead you realize that one of the story twists is that you are saving the world, but you're saving your world, not everyone else. Um, and I think that it leads into a really weird concept that some people just don't get to because when it came out, it came out in the middle of the zombie apocalypse rave, right? Like every game had something to do with it. And a lot of people kind of turned away from it initially because they're like, Oh, it's just another zombie kill game. Um, my favorite part is that last of us 2 when it comes out here soon seems to be like it's going to shift perspectives again and you're going to be playing from the perception of ellie who i feel like it's going to be kind of survivor's guilt right but the most extreme survivor's guilt ever because you literally could have saved the world when in your playing through Last of Us, you realize that that's all she wanted to do was have some sense of belonging and meaning. And Joel has honestly taken that away from her. So I think the development of not only the main character, but also the like their main side, and then also all the other sides that happened in Last of Us is fucking phenomenal. Sorry for ranting. No, I, I feel that because I remember... You were like Taylor. You gotta play this game, and I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm trying. I just, I'm, I, I, I don't have time. You're like, no, Taylor, you gotta play this game. <sighs> okay, okay, I'll play this game. And I remember, like, I sat there for like six hours just to finish it, because <laughs> yep. it gets intense. There's, there's a lot of. It, it definitely goes against the, uh, the norm for that type of story. Exactly. That that's why I like it so much. Um, it, it, it honestly tricks you because when you first start playing it, like I said, you're, oh, it's just going to be the same old thing. And, and I have a very dark sense of humor, a very dark, um, I don't want to say macabre per se, but like I'm into like the dark psychology, right? Of like people who are really fucked up, you know what I mean? Um, and you, you have someone as a character who is progressing more and more in the sense of literal psychopath who is so far damaged by grief that he's almost lost all sense of perspective and then finds his sense of perspective but doesn't necessarily understand that what he's doing although selfish um you know it's his something to fight for but he's basically gone from one extreme of like I'll do whatever it takes to survive to I'll do whatever it takes to save only what I care about. Mm -hmm. And I know that that is also overdone, but it's just done in a way that is so different at the same time. Yeah, God. 
It is... And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Like, visually. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's also realistic enough, right? You have a lot of games, especially zombie games, like... Uh, um, eh, the, the Walking Dead is a little bit more innocent, but you think of like things like... Uh, was it like Dead Rising and stuff like that, where it's like just a slaughterhouse game? Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. That Last of Us, it's... The way that they went through telling the story so i use walking dead uh, to an example a lot with last of us walking dead is um you're focused on your survival of your group right so you might come across someone and you're like oh well, i don't know if i should trust this person or not and things like that you know you could destroy your your setup the last of us you're walking through this post-apocalyptic world in my opinion in a way that's never been done as well um so talking about like artwork and, and all that that lends itself to story walking through you know old dorms college dorms that are abandoned and you know zoos and and museums that you don't see this way in a lot of other movies and games yeah well because I, I love the direction of the last of us too because it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't your typical zombies it was like a, a legitimate fungal infection hmm. right like it was something that was a lot more realistic like that that very much could happen. Right. You have like a parasitic fungus that takes over the human anatomy. Cause, cause isn't that a thing that exists that happens to ants? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it, the game. Last of us is very much based on that. I blink it on the name, but yeah, it's, it's either ants or wasps or something. It's like, I think it's just like small animals. Yeah. That's, that's like insects spooky. specifically. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, why I talk about the last of us so fucking much. Yeah, no, that's a banger. I'm excited for the second one. I uh, I got kind of bummed out at first until I saw the uh, the second trailer because the teaser was a great teaser because you don't see Joel at all, uh -huh. right? The main character, but she's playing the guitar, which is something that Joel always said he would teach her. So is he dead? Is not? I don't know. Uh, but then the uh, the second trailer where it had the uh, the torture scene that took a lot of people by kind of off. Um, I. I'm not saying I want to play a game where I'm torturing people and shit like that to make me sound like some fucked up nutcase, but uh, the fact that Last of Us does the realistic, apocalyptic, unpleasant reality, you know, of post-apocalyptic life in a way that, that isn't normally done, like, you don't see a lot of it. You see things in, like, Mad Max and stuff like that, but it's... It's something that I think that a lot of people skip out on that is when you think about it, if we were actually in that situation, that shit would be happening all the time. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that they're not skipping out on too much, I guess. Yeah, I, 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 I like I like the controversy stuff because it's it's very realistic. It's things that like exist and people don't want to see that because maybe it's too real but it's like no no maybe we need to see this oh all right so uh i ran a lot of time on that does anyone else have anything they want to want to talk about uh i i, I want to throw an honorable mention to games like uh uh well okay i guess bethesda games right like your skyrims and your fallouts uh because those games are very like open world and like mm -hmm. I feel most of the story comes from their side quests. 
rather than the primary story. Like it makes sense. Games that focus more on lore than the streamlined playable story. Mm-hmm. I feel that because I I gotta I gotta admit. I've beaten the Skyrim story once, and I gotta say, it was some of the dumbest shit I've ever done. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no joke. Like, I, I remember beating it too. I was like, that's that's it. Like, I remember I logged at least like 70, 70 hours maybe in that game before I even touched the final mission. And yeah. I was like, what? Like, out of all the stories that I played, like you know, doing all the Daedric Prince stuff, like all that crap, you know, doing the um, what is it? The uh, the mage school. Oh, I can't even think of it. Doing that mission, like doing, like doing, like the big, over, like the big side quests. Yeah, like Dark those stories were so killed. good. Yeah, Dark Brotherhood. Like, yeah, no, I have. I Steam is saying I have two hundred and thirty eight hours logged into Skyrim, and I've only beaten the story once. <laughs> yep. That's because I keep trying to do this stupid archer run. Ugh. And it's it's funny because like there's like parts of the game that aren't even side missions, but they're they still have like story to them. So like you'll go into someone's house and there'll be a book by their bed. And the book will be like a journal detailing stuff. And if you like look around the room, Bethesda likes to like put little things here and there to make things funny or interesting. Like right. there's this one where there's a bed and there's shackles up on the bed post at the headboard. And it was like, oh my God, someone's into some kinky shit. And so you pick mm-hmm. up the, the journal and it's like, it's detailing this this girl that like made a special order and it finally arrived. And you're like, what the hell? On the bed post or on the, like, the side table is a potion of vigor. And there's a giant uh, like mammoth tusk under the bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, oh, Oh my! <laughs> but it's you know it's little shit like that that you won't get by doing story missions or side missions. It's just you just gotta look around. Yep. And I, I I love Bethesda games for that because they really do reward curiosity. They reward it more, you know. Yeah. Than, than normal. Well, just like like what else on in like Skyrim it. Like has really good side missions. Like even doing the um, the dragon princes, I think is that what they are? The dragon. Oh, the priests. Um, the priests. Yeah, the priests. Doing like that mission where it's like it's like you you go through the game and you like find them once in a while. Like there's a couple in the main story, right? And then they have those those masks and they give like really cool stats and you're like, oh, cool. But then like later on, you start finding them again. And then if you keep the masks. You know, eventually at the end, you find that that area that you can put the masks in, and it's like, oh, hey, now you get to fight the big one or whatever. Yeah, I thought that was super cool. Like that's just like a lot of, you know, small things add up to like a really big overarching story, and it's kind of cool. Uh, I wanted to make uh, two more honorable mentions. Um, one was Alan Wake because I think that's a classic. Ooh, Alan Wake um, throwback. Yeah. You ever want to play a Stephen King novel? Rather, um, also, uh, no one really touched on this because I know a lot of storytelling uh, games are more or less fantasy esque or things like that. Um, obviously, because of how much I love Last of Us, I think you guys know that I like kind of semi realistic games. Um, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is actually a really good storytelling game, in my opinion, because Assassin's Creed is as general is 
based on historical stuff, but with obviously some fiction in there, uh, quite a lot of it. But Brotherhood was really good because of the uh, the Borgia family, which is is a crazy family in history anyway, right? Um, so I, I think that Brotherhood deserves a, a place, in my opinion, as one of the best story-driven Assassin's Creed. I think that Etsy, that was Ezio, right? Uh, that, yeah, that Etsy? was yep. his third one. No, second. No, that was his. That was the second. I think Ezio's. Sto- right. I think like I haven't pl- like I haven't played the new ones, but I've kind of like you know kept up on them a little bit. I think Ezio is honestly like the best uh, Assassin's Creed character. Like I could probably get behind that. I, There's something about the original, right? There's something about, like, it was just enough. Like, even, like, the third and then, like, the two games after, it was, like, just enough of his character. Like, he, it just had, like, it had enough, like, of the different types of combat, you know, and, like, the story was really fun and engaging and, like, there's little things you could do. And it's just, like, I, I feel like that was definitely, like, a really good I, um, branch of Assassin's Creed. I really Creed. wish Assassin's Creed 3 was bigger. I I agree with that. I I wanted to be into Assassin's Creed Three, but it just felt not fully there. Yeah, because I loved the whole like American history part and everything, and I was I was yeah. feeling it, but it was like I felt like it was cut short. Yeah, I feel that. Or they didn't do enough with it, and I was just like, oh man, because I, I I genuinely enjoyed that one. I I genuinely enjoyed all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I have no doubt but, that I would have enjoyed all of them. I just like mm-hmm. I think like. Actually, I think it was it was either Brotherhood or what was the other one? Revelations. Uh, Revelations. I think Revelations. it was one of, either one of those two. I 100% the game, and it's actually the first game I've ever 100% in. Wow. So, first and one, it was like, first yeah, like collectibles and everything. Assassin's Creed 2 for me. Uh, one last game that I wanted to mention, uh, mainly because I'm actually surprised no one else mentioned it, because I've never played it, but I have watched way too many Let's Plays about it. Um, Bioshock, the original Bioshock. Never played it. Oh, my fucking god. So, never playing it firsthand, and I still think that it's one of the best story games. I, I highly recommend anybody and their dog... Should go through and play Bioshock 1, Bioshock Infinite, and then the DLC for Bioshock Infinite. The Burial at Sea. Uh, You could kind of skip Bioshock 2, but it adds more lore and stuff. I just, I really didn't like Bioshock 2. I didn't think it did anything. But the, uh, the, the first Bioshock is just like a, it, I honestly think it's a classic in terms of like games, but the the story is really interesting because it it's kind of apocalyptic. Uh, yeah, in in a, in a sense, definitely. It, it's like a city gone to shambles type deal, mm-hmm. and it's really dark and there's it's bloody and gory and it's technically considered a horror game. But Bioshock Infinite uh, is not considered a a horror game and that one's nutty and then the dlc is it's wacky i i don't even want to give anything away shit's wacky (laughs) yeah Uh, okay i gotta i gotta throw a game out there too like this is like a kind of like a little far out but i actually really enjoy the story to to like this one at least borderlands 2 
Borderlands nice. 2, I loved that story. I thought it was is super cool and unique and it was like a cool spin on things and like it has like a an overarching bad good guy or like a good bad guy. It's so it's super weird how like that like that character is set up, but handsome Jack, you know? Oh yeah. He's like he's and then, like, the prequel, like, the story behind that was kind of cool, how they set, like, how he became, you know, him, right? But at the same time, it's like, meh. But. Uh, do you guys think that we would have suggested Mass Effect as one of these if it wasn't for the end of the Mass Effect series? I I don't know, because I've played through... Uh, two of the Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. And the story is immense and I I, I want to say pretty good, but it felt boring to me. Interesting. I I, I felt like the Taylor, just the story might get some flack for it. I might get some flack for it, but I, I felt like the story progressed far too slowly and I didn't have the time to that. sit there and put up with it. Gotcha. I have games listed higher on my list of games uh, that I, I like the story more than Mass Effect. But you, but you still like it. Yeah, I enjoyed okay. Mass Like I, I only played Mass Effect 2, and I read a lot of Mass Effect 1. But um, Mass Effect 2, from what I remember, I really enjoyed the story. So. Gotcha. Um, so we're getting close to time. I want to wrap up one final question before we do outros. Is there a story game that you guys know of that you haven't played that you either want to or could see yourself? Because there is one for me. Uh, Actually, there's a couple, but there's one main one. I'd have to say Detroit, Become Human. That's definitely out. Austin, how much? I don't want to say it. Huh. The Last of Us. <laughs> yes, I Austin. I will loan you my PlayStation. Oh my so god! Well, Ashley has a PlayStation. Oh yeah, Ashley has one. I will. I will literally buy you Last of Us if if you need. That bitch owns it on oh. PS3. I want everyone in the world to play that. It's a banger. Um, it's a banger. My my game is her story. Um, oh. Mainly just because I've heard so many people talk about it. Um. And it, it never really piqued my interest a lot um, as far as, like, gameplay and stuff, obviously. But uh, because it's kind of basic and I don't typically like those types of games. Um, but it, it's it's always on the top of lists that people either give me or that I see online. It's one that one day I'll play for sure. But I, I actually have kind of a, a question. Mm-hmm. Um. So do you think, um, okay, so say, say like, um, we'll take a Destiny 2, for example, okay? Mm-hmm. Do you think the game would have been better if the story was good? Like, f- like a really good story? Like, do you think you'd still play it if it was a good story? No. No? Uh. <sighs> so the story, like, the story doesn't, like, keep your drive going? Not with... With a game like destiny i like the story but i don't see myself playing that that game or the story more than three times one for each character 
Um, yeah, I however, I would at least play that game more than three or like three times for one for each character. Um, but with a game like Destiny, it, they focus, I think, too much not on the story and a little too much on the grind sesh to keep people. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, do you think that game like. Do you um, think the game would have been better off with a better story? Like, do you think that a story affects a game on that type of level? Because honestly, after I beat it's... that story, which you do to level up, mm -hmm. I was very disappointed. So I was like almost bored because like yeah. the story didn't give me the holy, I want to like play this game, grind it out you know, wait for the next DLC so I can see where this goes, you know? Yeah, I think we touched on that a little bit with uh, our, was it our second episode with the Bungie Activision split. Um, I'm a firm believer in the way Destiny, the product life cycle of that game is only driven at keeping people grinding for so long that they, you know, can market and make you pay any microtransaction and any, anything from it. Um if the game had better lore, like we talked about in that episode, um, or a better way to experience said lore, I definitely would have played it more. But I think it would have to be a pretty drastic change, personally. Well, I mean, pretty much anything would have been a drastic change, but... <laughs> <laughs> if they would have uh, given Gary a, a machine, like a... Like a... An LMG or like a Gatling gun <laughs> or something... It yeah. may have been a more drastic change, but any uh, last minute input on testing two ten? Um. Well, so like, I, I I think I tried treating Destiny two too much like a an MMO, because like if if I was to go back and play, let's say World of Warcraft right now, it would be solely for the story, because every single race has its own starting area and its own lore up until end game. Gotcha. So you could play through humans, understand the lore behind all of the humans, and then get into the meat of World of Warcraft and then go through the DLC. And I still have nine other races that I can go and discover the lore of. Gotcha. Whereas like with Destiny, it's... I picked this. Well, it's a looter shooter. You know, it's not like a full-fledged MMO. I know, and I, I feel like if Destiny kind of provided more lore based on the actual characters you chose, uh, classes, I guess, um, it would intrigue me to play the other classes, but I couldn't give a rat's ass about Warlock or Hunter because that's not how I play the game. And it doesn't benefit me to have those characters because I get nothing out of it other than gameplay mechanics that I don't like, so... Yeah, I guess, like, my overarching question was, like, does the lore of a game have, a, like, a, an overarching an impact. effect? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, a yeah. big impact. I think it definitely can, if done, if done correct. Or done wrong. Or done wrong. <laughs> or yeah. done wrong, yeah. Has, has to be done the right way for me personally to want to invest more than the base amount for something like Destiny. So, like, yep. playing through the story and then also everything after that. Because to me, the meat of the game is on. Yeah. Oh, okay, and then I have another question, kind of. For, yeah, go ahead. Um, when you guys, oh, like, okay, here, let me check. What kind of story is like your your go to? Like, wh like what story? Like, do you just love every time you play it? Like, mine's kind of like I. I'm a sucker for like the big bad, you know. Like, there's this this dude, and like 
as if they can make him as evil as possible to make me feel like holy fuck this guy, you know. So far, and then like at the at the end of the game, right? You battle him, like you fuck him up. That would have been. That's I like that. That's like in like you're building, like you're building up your power. Yeah, like very boss fighty. Uh, That's like I love those games. But but you have to build the boss. Yeah, like you have to build. Like it has the boss has to have character development. And the thing is, it it's more like they don't have to they don't have to tell me the boss is there to start right. Mm -hmm. So say like you got a buddy, you know, like the buddy's helping you all through the game, and also like yeah, actually. I'm the badass, you know, like, I'm the boss, like, you fuck you, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's a twist, like, but I love that story, like, the, the boss story, where it's like, this, gotcha, one overarching boss, though, not something like, uh, Monster Hunter, I guess, no, no offense to Taylor, because I mean, like, Monster Hunter, but, like, where you have lots of bosses that you have to, like, keep kind of, you know, it's all kind of a I mean, boss I, fight, I love boss fights, like, you know, you, like that's what I thrive for in, in games. But as far as story bosses. goes, you're looking for that one overarching. Yeah, like that. Like maybe boss. he has minions, and like the whole time you're like, like I see what you mean. a story that would like just throw me for a loop is like if there's a big bad, mm-hmm. you know, that you fight and you kill him, and then everybody's like, oh shit, we're good. Like that was it. And then also like two minutes later, or not two minutes later, but like you're going through all nonchalant, then the big bad's like, nah, just kidding. I'm actually the big, you know, like I'm the actual big bad, and then they fuck right. up your life. Like yeah. Shadow of Mordor. Oh yeah, Shadow of Mordor is pretty good. <laughs> uh, no, I can get behind that. Uh, terrible choice. Uh, I'd have to say mine's with a twisted villain. Like twisted in sense of evil, or twisted in the sense of like, like just fucking... like fucking terrifying. So like Far Cry villains. I Got you. I so, love Far Cry villains. Very similar to what Austin was saying, where you have like that one overarching villain that drives your story. Yeah, because like. I I feel that too. That's definitely a factor I, in mind. Far Cry, like Dishonored. I really like the the primary villains in Dishonored games. Uh, the you're a you're a DC over Marvel fan because of that, aren't you? Yeah. The villains over the heroes. Yeah, I love DC villains because they're they're some so. fucking twisted. Well, they, honestly, the DC villains are literally the only only reason to read DC comics or watch DC movies. Just some Mostly that's if they had good movies. Yeah. Spooky motherfuckers. I just love a good villain. Gotcha. I think uh, mine is kind of a, a little bit on Taylor's, but it's I I want a villain definitely to get behind as well. But obviously because of my love of Last Last of Us and and like Uncharted and things like that, it's the emotional journey of who you're playing through. I think is definitely a big factor in mine. Oh yeah, character so. development. Like I yeah, think that's like. I think this is where kind of like definitely like where our difference in what kind of games we play because like Last mm-hmm. of Us has an established character like that's that you're playing that guy right whereas uh-huh. like a lot of the games that I like enjoy and like experience it's like you build your your character right like you build right. you built how your character is how he plays how he interacts with things like that's mm-hmm. you know yeah and for me it's like i i love games like that where i can build my own version of me right Mm -hmm. but as far as like a a game that has a lot of specifically created story for me to play through um to me it's i want to know i get really invested in the why is this character doing yeah um so the psych kind of the psychology or the emotional development of the character um and it doesn't even have to be the main character really yeah, just something like that. But definitely having a uh, a strong evil villain 
definitely goes. I like I like relating to the villain. As weird as that sounds. Maybe. I think it sounds weird. I think it's Should we uh... call the police for there? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't be I can't be evil in real life, but if I can I mean, you can. I mean I can, but if I can relate to the villain in a video game, it feels all that much more better to defeat them because then it feels like I'm defeating a part of myself. Mm, I see what you mean. That's, so that's an interesting pick. Kind of sounds Pinterest mommy in a way. I appreciate it at the same time. <laughs> Pinterest yeah. mommy. And on that note, just kidding. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, though, we are approaching uh, one full hour, so a little bit longer than we typically go. Um, so let's let's hit some outros real quick. Uh Awesome. Let, uh, let the listeners know where they can find you. All right. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Celestius. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Celestius G and on Instagram at Celestius G. Nutty. Sweet. Sweet. Taylor? Uh, Twitter at Developer T Boyd. Twitch uh, TV Vanilla Night. Two N's, one L. Sweet, and as always, all of my stuff, uh, every single social media is at the fragment seventy-seven, capital T, capital fragment number seventy-seven. Um, let's uh, let's let's add a little challenge here. If anyone's willing to to help us out from listening, let us know if there's any game that uh, we talked about that you're really into. Uh, maybe you agreed or disagreed with anything that we said, and if you think we missed out on anything that we either should play or should have talked about, um, let's uh, open up our our socials to comments or tweets or whatever um yeah or a, a completely different game you know yeah or a completely different game exactly it's something that that you think we that that you think people should know about because of the storytelling hell yeah oh uh as always let's hit him with that bye 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 farewell